0: July of this year and, uh, and, and and God brought this brand new life into the Alice family and brand new life into my life as a grandparent Aaron and I are grandparents for the very first time He's done a brand new thing in me as a result of it He's brought change in my heart as a result of being a, a, a grandparent I was just talking to somebody out in the lobby who's a fellow grandparent as well and, and and yes you know we were blessed when we first had kids but man when you're a grandparent it's just it's just different. I mean, maybe it's just all of the joy and, and very little of the, the responsibility, you know, because you can just, uh, just hand them off when you need to, and, and you get a chance to just be, be with them and enjoy them. And, and so many times with I'm with Braxton, he refreshes me from a difficult day. He puts a smile on my face because of his smile. He renews my joy. He, he you know, feel, fills me with a sense of peace and just shows me God's wonder and creation. Last week, we started with the idea that a baby changes everything. Can you relate? A baby can change everything. A grandbaby definitely changes everything. And so, of course, it's the wonderful opportunity for us as we find ourselves in awe of a baby. And every one of us have been in front of a baby, whether our own child, a grandchild, somebody else's child, somebody else's grandchild. And there's just something about a baby that just stirs our hearts and our emotions and and gets us all in. And and friends, I think it's so easy for us to approach Christmas every year and just treat it as a routine. But friends, what was given to us in that manger that we celebrate on December 25th wasn't just an ordinary experience, it was an extraordinary, brand new miracle given for you and for me. And so, because of just how in awe we are of God's creation and these little babies, these little God creators, we want to be the same way with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And here's an account of it, that the, the angels came to the shepherds that night in Luke chapter 2, realizing that God's new thing has come to do a new thing in us, realizing that this new life in Jesus Christ has come to give us a brand new life. The angels talk about a sign to look for. But the angels said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Saying, this is the one that has been prophesied about. This is the one that stories of old have talked about coming. This is the one who's come to save us from our sins, rescue us from the brokenness of this world and the darkness. This is the one. And he's bringing good news of great joy he's coming to say, fear not. He's coming to provide for the entire world. And what is the sign of that that, that person? What is the sign of, of God's Messiah? It's a baby, a baby lying in a feeding trough with simple cloths over him. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord that has been born for you and for me. And so friends, in this birth, God is setting the course to deliver his people from the darkness of the world, to deliver his people from the weight of sin to deliver his people from eternal destruction, all through the birth of Jesus Christ. This fulfillment of prophecies of old in Isaiah. In Isaiah, he reminds us that God is coming to do a new thing. God is always doing a new thing for the whole world to see. And that Jesus is the fulfillment of this brand new thing. That Jesus is coming to make a way where there was no way in the wilderness of life. Jesus has come to be a stream of living water through the wastelands of life so that whatever your battle, whatever your struggle, whatever it is you're feeling as you approach this Christmas season, and we have a lot of emotions, the emotions range all the way from utter excitement and and, and the, the sparkle in our eye of decorating and baking and the family coming over and opening presents and all the way to the person that's just experiencing a blue Christmas and just doesn't even know what to do because it's the first time they find themselves in a situation where they're no longer with a loved one that used to be by their side and they're trying to figure things out and everywhere else in between. As we approach Christmas, God wants you to know something today, friends, that he is positioning your life to do something new. God is ready to do the new in you And this brand new life came to give you a brand new life because the Bible tells us He was born for you and for me. It's why He's called the Son of Man. He's our child handed over to us by God Himself, born of the Spirit, born unto us of the flesh. It's a miracle. It's called the incarnation of Christ, the incarnation of God, that God came down in the flesh fully God, fully human. I, I can't explain it. Only God can, because he's God. And that narrative starts in Luke chapter 1 of the virgin birth, but it doesn't start with stories of Joseph and Mary and, 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 and Jesus and shepherds and wise men. No, it starts with the stories of a, of a priest. His name is Zechariah. Remember the story of Zechariah? His wife is barren because the Bible says that they're on, on in years. He describes himself as an old man, and he describes his wife as on in years. Guys, that's the way you want to handle your business when it comes to describing things. I'm here to tell you, right? And, uh, and the angel comes in and describes to him what was going to happen. And he's saying, How, how's that, that going to be? There's no way. We're, we're barren. We can't have kids. And the angel said, hey, listen, you know what? I'm going to silence you because uh, because of your lack of faith in this moment. And so he was silenced all the way through until the birth of his son, John, came along. And the angel said, by the way, you're gonna name him John. And so by the time that John came along and, 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 um, and he wrote on, on the tablet what the name of the child was gonna be, all of a sudden in that moment, when it came time to consecrate the child in the temple, the, 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 the angel came, or, or God came and just loosed his lips and he was able to talk. And, and, and in doing so, he, he all of a sudden goes into this prophetic moment and just sharing what's going to happen about his son, John the Baptist, and the person that he's coming to make the way for in Jesus Christ. And this is in Luke chapter 1, verses 78 to 79. And here's how he describes this incredible moment that's come. He says, a new day will dawn on us from above, because our God is a loving God and a merciful God. Friends, who is ready for that day? Who is ready for a new day to dawn in our life? Well, friends, that day is already here. It's here and available for us. Verse 79, he will give light to those who live in the dark and death's shadows. Friends, with the birth of Jesus Christ, it's a new day. The old is gone away and there's no looking back. You've got a freedom, friends, and everything is just bursting with hope as a result of it. So we're not going to be stuck in the old patterns of this life. We're not going to have to be stuck in the old patterns and habits and attitudes, the old fears and the same old circumstances that bring us down of this world. No friends, it is a new day that is gone and the light of Christ has come into the darkness of this world and he's come to be the way when there was no way. Jesus has come to be the truth to break through all the lies of the enemy that wants to speak to us to destroy us and just just do spiritual terrorism in our hearts and our souls to try to bring us down. And he wants to cut through all those lies with the truth, and he brings the life—the life to give us a brand new. The Bible says abundant life. In John ten ten, Jesus says, "I've come to give you a life, to give you a life more abundantly—not just any old life, not just working for the weekend kind of life, but a life filled with passion, purpose, identity." and abundance. See, God is up to something new, friends. Oh, God is always up to something new, and the Bible wants to know. God wants to know, can you see it? Do you perceive it? Are you all in on it? You see, his loving mercy moved him to send us his only son to earth. It's it's, it's right out of the touchdown scripture. You know the touchdown scripture, the one they hold up in the end zone, and and, and you see at the football game, which one is it? John what? John 3.16? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Did you know that that giving started at the birth of His Son, Jesus Christ? He gave his one and only son. Now we know the purpose for which he was born and that gives us hope. There is hope because we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ as a brand new day that has dawned on us, prophesied by Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist himself, who came to make a way for Jesus, that unto us a child is born, a son is given, that pulls us out of the darkness of sin and into the light of eternal life. You see, friends, Christmas, the birth of Jesus Christ and the Christ child, you know what it is? it's just really simply God shouting, I love you. That's what Christmas is. Christmas is God shouting to you, I love you. I love you. I love you. And when you gaze into the manger, when you stare at the cross, when you understand how Christmas and Easter are eternally intersected together, you understand that in both experiences, God is shouting, I love you. I loved you so much that I sent you by one and only son. Can you see it? Do you perceive it? You see, in the middle of the noise, in the middle of the chaos, in the commercialization of the season, don't miss the miracle. It's a brand new day. You know, one of the things that helps our family to slow down and, and not miss the miracle in the midst of all of it is to ring the bell uh, for the Salvation Army. And some of you had a chance to do that yesterday. Rolling, did you know that Rolling Plains Church, uh, man and woman, uh, both doors of, of uh, South Sainsville Walmart yesterday, and you were blessing people on the way in, you were ringing the bell, and I know what some of you were doing. You were wishing a Merry Christmas. You were loving all over people in the name of Jesus Christ. You didn't care on whether they put money in the pot or not, because it wasn't—it wasn't even just about raising the money. It was about being present with people. This is what our family experiences: people coming and going, the hustle and the bustle, and just—just just seeing the. You notice the weariness on people's faces when they're walking in and when they're walking out. You just know that they're carrying heavy burdens. So then you run into people that they're just blessed and they're blessing you as a result of it. And, and in one particular case, this is someone I hadn't seen in a while. She said, I haven't been to church in a while. I said, that's okay, you can come anytime. And I said, can I give you a hug? And she says, if you give me a hug, I just might cry. And I said, well, then let's give each other a hug and we'll both cry together. And right there in the front of Walmart, friends, in the midst of the hustle and the bustle and the, and, and, and the commercialization and the concerns about purchasing this and being prepared for that in the way of Christmas, there is a simplistic new birth happening. And I believe it is as simple as the sound of a bell ringing. See, that bell ringing has become iconic to me. I remember when I was a kid and I first walked into Kmart with my mom and dad and wanted to know what that bell ringing was all about. And they introduced me to the kettle and the Red Kettle Salvation Army. But friends, I don't know for me, that bell ringing is just a simple of of, of the constant presence of God in the midst of all the hustle and all the shuffle and all the concerns and all the weightiness of the world to just pause for a moment and to watch humanity go by and to be still and to know that he's God and to offer a Merry Christmas to smile at people that maybe for some people, it's the only smile they got all day long or for an entire week. And in some cases, if somebody wanted a hug, they're getting a hug. So way to go, church. Way to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. But for this family, the Alice family, it's a time to slow down and not miss the miracle and watch the miracle happen in the midst of all the chaos that new life has given birth to a hope in the darkness of life. And the darkness of life, the Bible says in John, cannot overcome it. It's a light that the darkness cannot overcome. And boy, what does that do to us? Well, let's find out what that does to us. In 1 Peter chapter 1, the Bible says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. We're talking about birth here, aren't we? He's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, for you, for those who believe last week that we talked about for those who are born again because Jesus was born you can be born again you're born physically into this earth but because Jesus Christ is born you get a chance to be born again of the spirit the spirit of the living god and because you're born twice you only die once friends you die a physical death, but you get a chance to live on in heaven in eternity with God. But when you're only born once of the flesh, you end up dying twice. You die a physical death, but then you, then you spend all of eternity dying every single day for the rest of, of eternity, a spiritual death. And it's painful, the Bible says. It's awful. It's horrible. But praise be to God, we have a living hope because of the birth of Christ. We become reborn. And for those that are reborn in Jesus Christ, you have a new birth into a living hope the new life, the life of the Christ child, this light that has dawned to give us birth, gives us a birth into a living hope. Now, friends, this isn't just any old hope, you know, the kind that, you know, we sometimes decorate. We go to Hobby Lobby, we get like four big letters from Hobby Lobby, H-O-P-E, and we decorate our house. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just kind of a word. It's just letters, right? Or you know, there's a definition for hope if you look it up, or sometimes we name a child hope, or we, we talk about hope at, But oftentimes, hope can kind of be an escapable concept, and we don't really grasp it. But you see, friends, when it comes to the understanding of this living hope, hope is not just a concept. It's not an idea that can't be found. Friends, when Christ was born, hope received a heartbeat. Hope received a heartbeat when Christ was born. And I pray that every single one of you, if you've not experienced it before, would have that opportunity to give your life to it, to give your whole life to that heartbeat. Hope, friends, has a heartbeat for those that are born again because of the birth of Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection from the dead. Oh, hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. J-E-S-U-S. He is hope. And I'm here to tell you, if I can get all giddy looking forward to the birth of my grandson, Braxton, in July 7th, because he was being induced, Peyton was being induced, and so we had a date, right? It wasn't like necessarily, well, I guess he could have come before that, but we were all looking forward to this day that he was going to pop out into the world, and we were going to get so excited about it, and there was just, there's so, it's just so hope-filled about this new life that was coming, this whole new life, and friends, If we can get that excited about a grandson or our own child or a friend's child or grandchild, how excited can we be in these next four weeks as we anticipate that we're on a collision course with hope, that hope has a heartbeat. It's the birth of Jesus Christ that can birth hope, a new hope in you. It's the birth of Jesus Christ that has come to birth a new hope in you so that as a born-again believer, we can have hope in three places. And again, if, you, if, you've, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, today is the day. You, you, you repent of your sins. You, 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 you believe in your heart that he is the Christ, that he was born for you, that he died on the cross for your sins. He was raised from the dead, and he's alive and well. And, then, and, and, and you receive the power of the Holy Spirit when you say, Lord God, take control of my life. I put you at the throne. I need you. Save me, Lord God. Fulfill what you've come to promise to do in me. I believe in your scriptures. And then all of a sudden, this transformation happens in your life when you invite him into your soul. And the Holy Spirit joins you there, and he begins this whole process of of redemptive work. If you are that born-again believer, then you have three reasons to hope on this Christmas experience. Number one, you have hope for eternal life. You have hope for eternal life. He who has Jesus has the life, the Bible says. He who does not have Jesus does not have the life. John chapter 3, verse 18 says just that. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Friends, this is a sinful world that we live in, and this world has been condemned to a collision course of eternal death, destruction, and to spend eternity with the enemy, the devil himself, in his playground, in his home, in hell. But the good news is, friends, that brings us great joy is enter Jesus. Enter the Messiah born to die for you and for me to pay the penalty for our sin. And because he died on the cross and he then descended into hell and defeated the devil right before he rose again from the dead, he displays power and authority over all dominion, over all of the darkness, and therefore he is alive. And because he is alive, hope is alive. That's why it's not just that we're born again to a hope, we're born again to a living hope that is alive and well. And so for a born-again believer, you have a birthright. For a born-again believer, you have an inheritance of eternal life. You have a birthright into a reservation and a place prepared for your arrival in heaven for you to live forever with God someday. Oh, friends, there is hope No matter what the circumstances is that we're going through, we can always anticipate that not only has he come as a baby, but he's coming again. You see, the practice of Advent isn't for believers to to practice four weeks and wait for the virgin birth, though the virgin birth happened more than 2,000 years ago. It is a practice for us to be prepared for him to come again. Oh, and he's coming again and he's going to take us up to be with him, and we get a chance to cash in on the reservation. We get a chance to ring the bell, and we say, we're here. And God says, I know you are. I've been preparing a place for you all this time, the Bible says. You see, no matter how messed up things get here, No matter how difficult the struggle, no matter how much pain or suffering, hope is always alive because of a baby, because of the Christ child. We have a new birth into a living hope of eternal life. And someday we're going to have a brand new body as we stand before God. Someday we're not going to have any more suffering, no more pain. The Bible says no more tears. We're going to be made brand new in the full presence of the glory of God because our present circumstances here are temporary. Oh friends, there is hope. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. What the Bible says is, oh, we have no idea. We have no idea how amazing it's going to be. We're all caught up in everything that's going on in our life right now. But he says, he says oh, I got something amazing for you. He said, "He said, it has no, no comparison with the glory that is going to be revealed in us. Praise be to God, friends. And so if you're a born again believer, you have reason to hope in the living hope of Jesus Christ born unto us you have hope of eternal life. Secondly, you also have hope that things can change. You have hope that things can change. Circumstances can change. When you're reborn in the Spirit of the Lord, God is renewing us day by day. Every single day is a new day in Christ. The old is gone. The past is in the past, and we've got a brand new freedom, and we're bursting with hope because of it, because things can change. Things in our life can be renewed past mistakes and current mess-ups and broken relationships and, 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 and words that have been spoken to us that scarred our hearts and bad decisions and wrong paths. Oh, friends, the Messiah came to save us from that. Did you know that the Messiah came to save the sins of the world? And I'm here to tell you, maybe you haven't heard this in a long while, He didn't come to just save the sins of the rest of the world. He came to save the sins in your life and mine. Our God is personal. Hope has a name hope has a heartbeat and if it was just you on this earth he would have come all the same and died on the cross for our sins oh friends we have a hope that things can change because a baby changes everything you see jesus is our hope that he can change us change our circumstances do a new thing in us and so when birth when the birth and and we do this because of the birth the life and the death and the resurrection of jesus christ that defines our life and when we allow that to happen we know that there's nothing that our god can't do There's nothing in our life that that he can't turn around. Friends, there is no such thing as a lost cause in God's kingdom. There is no hopeless case. Oh, Christmas is so good, isn't it? So good. It's a new day of mercy, friends, for each of us to be reminded of. In the book of Lamentations, the Bible says this, Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions, oh, they fail not. Someone's going to testify here today, right? I mean, oh, they fail not. Amen. His compassions, they fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Bible says the Lord's mercies are new every single morning. Of course they are. They come with the dawn of the morning. Whatever darkness of night you're feeling can be renewed with the dawn of God's new mercy that Zechariah was prophesying about in the birth of his son, John, who's coming to pave the way for the Messiah. Oh, he's begun a good work in you, friends, and he who's begun a good work in you, he's going to perfect it every single day of your life until the day Jesus comes back. That means you're a work in progress. That means God knows that you've messed up today. And because he's given you Jesus, he's going to make it okay. Only through the washed blood of Jesus Christ and the confession of our sin and to allow the Holy Spirit to come inside of our life and to say, you know what, I don't want to live that way anymore. I want to be completely transformed by the presence of God in my life. Oh, it's amazing, friends. It's a day that brings us hope for a God of mercy that wants to continue to do a new work in every single one of us, who wants to continually work us closer to his character every single day, who wants to take on more of our sin as we let more of our sin go and take on more of his holy character. And so, friends, we've got to let go of whatever broken moment is in our life that we're holding on to, whatever sin, whatever addiction, whatever bad attitude or poor behavior or thing in our life that God just wants from us because we can change. In the name of Jesus Christ, there's hope because we can change. It's a new day, friends. And his grace and his mercy is here. And with God and Jesus Christ, you get a do-over. Seven times? 77 times? Seven times 77? The Bible says. By the way, they use that illustration not for you to figure out an equation, to figure out when your grace runs out. That's That's not it. It's to give us an illustration that his grace for us is infinite. Is infinite. But because of that grace, oh, we want to obey, don't we? Because of that grace, we want to obey, and we want to be more like our Heavenly Father. Oh, friends, the Christ child came on the scene to wipe your slate clean. Who's ready? The Christ child, he came on the scene to wipe your slate clean. And with Jesus, there is always hope of a brighter day. The Bible promises it, always hope of a brighter day. And this is what we hope for, for born-again believers. Oh, because of the birth of Jesus Christ, for born-again believers, we have a hope, for eternal life. We have a hope that things can change, and we have a hope that there is a way. You see, there is a way when there seems to be no way, when, feels, when things feel like there's a dead end, when it feels like it's all over, when we can't see a way through. That's what Joseph was feeling. He had to have been feeling that when Mary shared with him that she was pregnant, and she shared the story with him that an angel came to her and and, and announced that she's going to be with, with child and she's carrying the Savior of the world, and that that seed was planted in her by the Holy Spirit and by no other man. And can you imagine being the fiance in that moment, being Joseph, and saying, You're pregnant, and I know I didn't do it? How's this going to work? How, how is this going to work? Now we think, Well, he can just kind of break it off quietly there was an enormous social stigma attached to this. But not only that, but what we forget is the backstory. You see, in those days when somebody was betrothed to somebody else in marriage, the groom's family spent an awful lot of money and time, some of their crop, their livestock, and they made that as a payment to the family of the prospective bride. There's a contract that was actually signed you know, right now, the contract is a ring when you kind of slip it on her finger, right? But there's a contract that they had between families, and all of this was a mess. It, was all, uh, it, it had all been done, and now it's all up in the air. What a mess. I mean, there's just no way, probably in Joseph's mind, you've got to break this off quickly. I don't want to shame her, but it's, it's over. I just can't see any other way. And it's almost like he's living in this nightmare, right, that he, he, he desires to wake up from. And then we know an angel of the Lord comes to him in Matthew chapter one and says, but after he had considered this, considered ending it, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. This is the Messiah. When Joseph woke up, He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. I love this. When he woke up from the dream. Friends, I don't think he just woke up from the dream. I think he woke up from his nightmare. You see, friends, some of you are living in the darkness of night. It might be light outside, but you're living in the darkness of night somewhere in your spirit. And Zachariah is here to prophesy to you that a new day has dawned, that the light of the morning is here And friends, it ain't just an S-U-N, it's the S-O-N. And he's come to be raised from the grave for you and for me. And I believe that Joseph was gripped with that reality, that his nightmare was done, that Christ entered the scene. And because of that, a new day dawned. He had vision. He could now see a brand new way. There was hope that there was a way. What seemed desperate and hopeless, no light at the end of the tunnel. She's a liar, an adulterer. The relationship is over. It's ruined. Our reputations are gone. My carpentry business is going down the toilet as a result of it. I just can see it. Enter God and enter the Christ child. Oh, friends, a baby changes everything when the Messiah shows up on the scene, and he does so in miracle fashion. God makes a way for Joseph when he thought that there was no way, when things looked hopeless and over, and God thought otherwise, and he showed him the way. He redirected his path No matter how hopeless and defeated things seem, God always is at work with a plan, making a way, and his way and his name is Jesus. He's the way maker, friends. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. He's the light in the darkness. Oh, and he's come to us as a baby (laughs) in a feeding trough, just covered with some simple clothes, so that when things seem hopeless, we turn to the living hope that has been born unto us, to give us a new birth, to a hope that in Jesus Christ there is always a way. Friends, Jesus is the waymaker. Jesus is the waymaker. And so, friends, this Christmas we're going to lean in a little bit extra. We're going to lean into the manger. Some people showed up, and we did the manger project on Friday night. I'm, I'm here to tell you, on, on Friday night we were building those mangers, and uh, I was I was I was my third I was my third time through, to, through trying to figure out how to put the legs right on that thing after tearing it apart twice. And your pastor lost his religion for a moment there, for a second. I'm here to tell you. But we had a blessed time. I mean, there was hammer and nails going and people were building mangers. Friends, there's just something about staring at that simple, wood-built, nail-driven manger that reminds us that we're supposed to lean in and gaze a little bit harder this time of year at just what God has done for us in our life. Oh, he is a way maker. No matter how dark and hopeless things feel, Christmas says it's a new day. And so let the light of the dawn in this new day, the light of the dawn of God's mercy, born unto us, birth a living hope in you, because a baby changes everything. Uh, I, I'm, I mean, I'm here to tell you a baby changes everything. Braxton was at our house all day Friday. It was, it was grandpa and grandma day. We were babysitting. It's great. I, I mean, just, you know, if, you, if you're, if you're going to have a grandchild, just make sure both parents work, because if they do, As a grandparent, you get unlimited time with your grandchild. Amen? I mean, praise be to God. So they dropped him off. We were watching him, and Friday's my Sabbath, and I put my Cavs jersey on because I'm excited about the Cleveland Cavaliers these days and and getting ready for there's a game that I'm going to watch on TV. I'm sitting here, and I'm holding him, and and wouldn't you know it, after about an hour and a half of just resting with him and him sleeping, he was so comfortable that he was just relieving himself the whole time. And his diaper was so full, I didn't realize that he'd done it all over me. I handed him off to Aaron, and I got up, and I said, my shirt is soaking wet. Is that sweat? What is that? I'm putting my nose in it, and what is that smell? I mean, it, it doesn't smell like anything, and then all of a sudden, I hear from the back room, he says, oh, John, that's pee, because he blew out everything over here. Friends, if we can get so much joy from a grandchild that pees all over our calf's jersey, And friends, I was so blessed in that moment. I could have cared less. I just took it right back to the hamper, put on another jersey, praise be to God. And I went and grabbed my grandson and I held him again. If we can get that crazy about a baby, oh, we can get crazy about the Christ child, can't we? We can go crazy for the Christ child because God's done everything for us through him. Friends, here's some action steps and we're done. What things things in your life make you feel like a hopeless case? What things in your life make you feel like a hopeless case? And secondly, what impossible situation are you facing? Answer those two questions. What impossible situation do you feel like you're facing? And so here, here, here's the action step as a result of those evaluative pieces in our life. Seek Jesus in prayer, read his birth narrative, and gaze upon the manger for renewed hope. We had almost 40 people show up for the pastor's Bible study Thursday night. By the way, it's not too late. We got one more session this Thursday night at 630. Come on out. And we walk through the first part of Luke chapter 1. And we we're talking about the birth narrative of the virgin birth of Jesus Christ and the Messiah. And I had somebody this morning, I asked them about it and they said, you know, it's just amazing. We, we talk about these scriptures every single year, but it was so refreshing to go through them verse by verse and and really talk about the reality of exactly what happened in these moments and to read through verses that sometimes we skip over. It's a powerful moment. So friends, I want to encourage you on an individual basis with your family or with the Bible study, read through the birth narratives of God and Jesus Christ in in, in Luke chapter 1 and 2, in Matthew, a little bit at the beginning of John. And in doing so, gaze upon the manger for renewed hope. Gaze upon the manger this year for a renewed sense of hope. To know that, oh God, God has already gone down that road. He's already paved the way for you and for me. And He's delivered to us the Prince of Peace, an everlasting Father who gives us everlasting hope. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we give you tremendous thanks and blessings for this day. Lord God, we just we just thank you for Christmas. We we thank you for this season of seasons where we get a chance to celebrate your plan and action, your redemption of the world come to fulfillment. And Lord God, we we just pray that for the next three weeks, we are on a collision course with the living hope of your son, Jesus Christ, in all that we do, and that you would give us ample opportunities to be that hope for somebody else as we get a chance to go tell it on the mountain, Lord God, and to share our faith with another person, to ring a Salvation Army bell, or to build a manger and fill it with goodies and drop it off on somebody's doorstep, or to give to Advent Conspiracy, Lord God, or, or to, to help Maysville Schools pack the Helping hands boxes, Lord God, that'll be doing next week, Lord God, in the power of your Holy Spirit. Use, use us to spread the word of this living hope that has filled us. And Lord God, if there's one of us this morning that doesn't know this living hope, we, we pray in this moment that we would give our hearts to you. We confess our sins to you, Lord God, we need you. Enter into our life. We believe in you. We confess with our mouth that we need you, that you were born to die for us, that you, that you died on the cross and you suffered for us. You were raised from the dead after you defeated the enemy in hell and you're alive and well now, seated at the right hand of the Father. We confess all that, Lord God, so enter into our life. And we're gonna trust that your Bible tells us the truth when it says, for those who confess with their mouth and believe in their heart, become children of God. Lord God, we are your children, and we wanna know you more.